This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, welcome back to the only podcast that can say that it has documented every second of the Jack Campbell era in Toronto and what an era it has been. Every glorious second. This is Live Laugh Leafs and the Maple Leafs are back in the winning column, a 3-2 overtime victory, an inevitable overtime period because that's all they do of late Mm -hmm. is go to overtime, but they got the two points. They needed the two points. Uh, Arizona just as desperate as Toronto, maybe not, you know, in its relative context at least, Um, but... Toronto definitely needed a win, and Jack Campbell continues to stand on his head. I know that leads you perfectly into your takeaway, Mike. Uh, yeah, flawless, flawless <laughs> transition right there. Uh, that's what they pay us the big bucks for. Oh, yeah. Um, Jack Campbell, uh, I think you might have saved the Leafs season. I, I mean, I, I, basic, I wrote the same words down, so we're definitely on the same yeah. page. Sharing a brain already here. That's what's great about having a, uh, a co-host like you is we're just like one-track mind. Let's go. But, uh, no, I mean, like this is – what we're witnessing here is like a, a uh, I don't know, a game. I'm trying to think of an analogy here, but I, I can't because it's it's very late. But it's just like he he came in on this in this trade that a lot of the people had the expectations of. Well, the bar is set so low with Michael Hutchinson that you just come in here and give us a chance to win, and we'll we'll be happy with it. And he's out here, and Jack Hamill's out here stealing games. I mean. This was a game. I think that I don't know. It wasn't super obvious in the sense that like he didn't make a ton of you know jaw dropping saves and the least and get out shot like 50 to 20 and still walk away with the victory but jack campbell made a lot of really tough saves a lot of saves that if we're going to compare them to everything that hutches uh hutchison would do which is a little unfair but still i mean this game would have been like a 6-2 coyotes win especially in the power play in overtime i mean it was just jack campbell came in here and did more than give the leafs a chance to win he is a legitimate like giving them starter starting goaltender caliber play and that is the biggest thing they needed and it is incredible like he's coming here and giving them five out of six standing points they're they're keeping they're, they're in a playoff spot right now and that's not that's not the reality we're gonna live in without Jack Campbell so yeah absolutely he has saved the leaf season yeah I agree I mean three starts in five nights and a lot of mystery around these starts right like we knew he was getting that first game eventually I mean there was still up in the air whether or not Freddie would be available uh, that second game, they had to wait and see how he felt. Uh, I don't think he was ever going to turn down that appearance. And it, for all intents and purposes, it was supposed to be Frederick Anderson here uh, before the Coyotes, but after the warm up, after the morning skate, rather, uh, after it looked like Anderson was going to be the guy, you know, in the starters net, doing a little less work than uh, than the backup tends to normally do in these positions. Uh, but Sheldon Keith came up and sort of the surprise of everyone said that Jack Campbell was going to go again and. Uh, you're right. Tenuous moments, I think, in all three of these games. Moments where 
again, I don't want to bring up Hutchinson, but a replacement level backup probably would have folded. But yeah. Jack Campbell has stepped up in all three of the games. He's gotten them to overtime in all three of the games, and he's got them wins in two of those games. You mentioned the five points uh, out of six potential points, and that has him in a playoff spot and sort of just sticking their nose out uh, in front of the Florida Panthers. My takeaway for the game is that Kasperi Kapanen desperately needed that one. He scored the overtime winner. Uh, He was buzzing a little bit, actually. I thought he was pretty good tonight. He had a lot of opportunities. Uh, He didn't take his chances that he was able to generate. Uh, But when he's getting those chances, uh, that's usually a good sign for the Maple Leafs. And he really needed that one because it's been about six weeks since he scored. There was that self-inflicted suspension that that he got for sleeping in and earning the nickname Napanen. Um, but Kasperi Kapanen needed a moment. The moments have been few and far between this season. He's had more bad than good. This was definitely a good one. And uh, it was nice to see him finally, you know, get, be able to kind of put his chin up because he's been kind of. Uh... Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. It's been kind of bad around him this season, and, yeah. and, and there's been a lot of talk about trades and all that. Uh, but he got to smile a little bit tonight and obviously he sent Leaf fans home happy. Would you say he was buzzing like his alarm clock? Or lack thereof, I guess, yeah. in that one moment. It's, uh, yeah, he, this is, you're, you're 100% right. He needed this very badly. This was the first game that I really noticed Casperi Kapanen. I mean, this we've talked about this, you know, we're four episodes deep on this podcast, and I think every single one we've talked about how the the, the three sort of main core guys, the, you know, the, the Kapanen, Janssen, and Kerfoot, they just don't really do anything, or they haven't really done anything lately. And mm-hmm. I think that this is the first game that, like you said, he was buzzing. He was you could notice him around, um, you know, around the net, around the puck, in the offensive zone. He was using that speed. He still does the exact same thing every time he enters the offensive zone. Where he goes in, stops, curls back, and and expects defenders to go, "Whoa, this is new. I don't know how to how to deal with this." But no, it's like he's he's doing a good job. Um, you're right. He needed this one. Like this was he January second was the last time. He got a goal. Like, that's, think about how much different tough. the world was on January 2nd compared how, to what it is now. How many does Matthews have in that span? Like, 20. Like Probably around 20. Like, how many games have the Leafs whatever, played since Yeah, then? whatever it's as that. many games it is. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. Uh, the, I will say, last point on Captain, the predictability is there when he's gaining the zone, and it may have been there on that overtime winner because apparently it. that's his only move. He admitted it. he went back to it, <laughs> but Aiden Hill wasn't doing his pre-scout, or at least he you know, stopped after the first you know, three, four, five, six, seven names uh, on the list of dangerous players for the Leafs. What I love about that is, like, Kapanen goes, oh, you know, I think I, players are going to start, or opponents are going to start, 
figuring it out soon, so I gotta change. But like, no, they not soon. Like, they figured it out. You just got lucky on uh, this. Reverse one. psychology is gonna go the opposite way next. Oh time. yeah, just gonna double down on it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, yeah, this was this was a crazy game though. But but before we get into really sort of the nuts and bolts of the game, you're you're one of your other than the um, other than the Kyle Clifford, you know, uh, warm up helmet watch or helmet gate. I, th- I think the the yes, kids are calling yeah. it these days because you know Watergate references are really cool with the kids. Um, you Jack Campbell's stick taps. Yes, uh, that's my other thing. That's my your other weird infatu- infatuation. Yeah, it's uh, a- after every stoppage of play, Jack Campbell will uh, st- uh, pat one of his his teammates, uh, usually on the butt. Sometimes a shin pad, but sometimes a member of the opposition as well gets a tap. Uh, yeah. So that's a, a way. I was talking to Dermot, joking around with him a little bit about this. It's a way to gauge the shift that you had. If you're getting a tap, it means you're doing all right. If the other team gets a tap, then you know maybe you didn't do, do your job on that shift. Yeah, I, I like it. Next game, I'm gonna really try and get a stick tap counter, <laughs> just so I can, just so we can have this data. Yeah. Sport logic, get on this. Come on. But I wanted to read the quote because this is this is the one you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. It's Jack Campbell in a stick taps. He finally addressed it before the media. Said they always tell me good job to his teammates. He's he's referring to mm-hmm. my teammates, I guess. Always tell me good job. So it's kind of like you know I'm giving them a good job back. You know, you're not on the bench. You can't really ch- uh, chat it up with the boys. So it's nice to still have that camaraderie on the ice. Is this not the most wholesome content you'll, you've ever seen? Uh, he's incredibly wholesome, but this is a little bittersweet for me because I planned on trying to get this quote for myself, but Mark Masters of TSN, who gets just about every quote uh, down at the at the rink, uh, noticed this as well, I guess, and uh, I'm going to have to piece it all together because I've had the conversation with Dermot and with Rasmus Sandin, but Jack Campbell's a hard guy to get to uh, one-on-one these Man days of the hour. because it's 20-on-one, usually inside a scrum. Uh, because he's the goaltender of record for the Maple Leafs of late, and that's probably the most important position, uh, at least with this franchise. Damn Mark Masters for being so good at his job. He's relentless. Uh, but this was this was a it was an oddly boring game for a bit, and then it's sort kind of, of a pattern now. Yeah, we've well, it's it's boring until maybe the last, I would say five minutes of regulation because, and we can say five minutes of regulation because then there's an extra five minutes in every overtime they go to these days. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, we, I guess we got to start at the, every good story starts at the end and then flashes back to the beginning then goes to the middle for a bit, then eventually reaches the end pulp fiction. But let's do that for now. The disallowed OT goal. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty obvious, but I'll give you, since we're doing quotes today, Rick Tockett, a little sour after I don't know if you've. I might be. Breaking I didn't. News I, yeah, to you. you are breaking this to so me, and it's said, absurd. I always thought it had to be egregious. You can ask ten people right now, and I don't know what you're going to get. It's Toronto's call in Toronto, right? So it's their call. So they made the call. It is what it is. That's egregious analysis from Rick Tockett because this was as obvious as it yeah. gets. I think for goaltender interference. Yes, Campbell was a little bit out of his crease. Maybe he had his toes out, but his heels were probably in. But Derek Stepan sort of lowered the shoulder and, and put it into Campbell's chest right in line with when the puck was coming uh, towards him or the shot was fired. I thought it was a, an easy call to make and the right call. I was a little worried that the Leafs had burned their time out and therefore weren't going to have the ability to challenge. But the NHL was wise enough to uh, put in the rule that uh, the last minute or two minutes, I'm not sure what it is, and overtime automatic review which is because that would have been pretty ugly if if uh, that wasn't the case that was like i understand that rick Tockett's job is to win hockey games and he didn't win hockey games so he's going to be a little sour and a little, little little annoyed after the game that is if that didn't get called back just abolish goaltender interference altogether 
It was that was the most obvious goaltender interference call I've seen. Like there are a lot of these calls where eventually you're like, this could be anything. This mm-hmm. could this this call could go either way. We have no idea. It, by the rule book, it could be goalie interference. Could not. This was like the tech. This they should show that in like the orientation of every ref. Be like goaltender interference. There's a lot of controversy around this, but if it looks like this. <laughs> Yeah. This is goaltender interference. He's Un- straight up body check. Unfortunately, yeah, this is like the exception to the rule, though, because most of the time it's pretty murky. With this, though, it was a legitimate, forceful contact into the yeah. like, sternum of the netminer. At so the I, same I, time I, as the puck came I, in. I don't know why anyone would be upset, other than the fact that you always have to stand up for your team, uh, but sometimes you seem a little bit more foolish than usual. And that in this case, Tockett seems a little foolish. Well, pretty, pretty foolish, I'd say. You know who looks a little washed? Tell me. Philip Kessel. Philium? He's, uh, it was not a banner performance from Phil. He no. did have a little jump late. I thought like, oh, he's been sort of slow playing here or uh, rope-a-doping the Maple <laughs> Leafs and he was going to get the winner. Has him right where he wants him. Uh, but he looked, I mean, he looked like a player who was at the end who is not going to have the chance to sign another big deal before his expires in two seasons. Phil Kessel looked, tonight Phil Kessel looked like what every Toronto journalist and media personality thought he looked like in toronto like he like the indication the or validation rather yes but it's uh i'm not pointing fingers at you don't worry but it's like phil kessel was like the most maligned guy in toronto and he's like well he's getting 82 points a year like come on and then tonight he looked exactly like everyone thought he did in toronto he had i forget the arizona coyotes are the, the filled with the most forgettable stars in the league today tsn i think tweeted out a a thing about how Taylor Hall could get traded again, by the way. And I and it, it instantly jogged my mind. Oh, yeah, Taylor Hall's on the Arizona Coyotes. Did you really notice him at all tonight either? No. I mean, Kessel was more noticeable just because it was like, it's wow, Phil Kessel. Oh, that's not Phil Kessel anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, Taylor Hall, I mean, I'm all for that storyline. I hope he gets flipped again. I hope you haul for that storyline? I hope the Arizona Coyotes hit the absolute skids, and I hope they can pay off their debts because I don't need more of the relocation. Bettman stepping in talk. I don't want any of that. They got new ownership. He should be able to pay all those you know, fines for trying out and testing junior players, <laughs> evaluating their yeah. fitness, which is ridiculous. But uh, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Yep. Uh, but I'm all for that Taylor Hall potential move because that would be such a hilarious storyline and it would be hilarious if like either one way or another someone gets ripped off whether like the value what the prospects just don't like match up in terms of their value i mean we'll never really know until we do know that would be uh, the third team that squandered taylor pretty, hall it would be pretty amazing if people just continue to lose out on taylor oh hall my deals. gosh um but uh, I, I guess if we're gonna go on the negative side of things matthews marner and nylander the moment everyone's been waiting for they uh they were together this is what I expected to lead the show with, but it was it's appropriately placed, I think, mm-hmm. in our lineup here because uh, it what was supposed to be this like crazy creativity and changing the game and being just overwhelming from an offensive standpoint, it was as mediocre and sort of flat line as you can get from three stars who just did not have it tonight. I mean, and, and the, the quotes after the game, I mean, well, in terms of the numbers as well, they had two shots of five on five on just 10 attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, they got split up eventually. Uh, they were outshot nine to six along the ice and only had a 0.35 expected goals. That's not good. No. But Sheldon Keefe addressed this. You were in the room and he did. And he said, uh, you know, Nylander had been off the ice for four straight days due to the flu or whatever illness it was. I'm not sure if it's the flu. 
Um, and so he was kind of in Matthews wasn't really himself. There's a flu bug going around the Leafs right now. Like I like yeah, there is. Tavares was a game time decision, you know, and Tavares spoke after and he did not look good. Like, he oh, looked yeah. like a guy who was who was recovering from an illness for sure. His you know, we, we were watching the, the scrum and uh, our, our wonderful producer, Ashley, um, she uh, she turned to me. And she's like, I, his wife is giving him so much heck for that, for the hair that he's going. <laughs> and you could tell this is a man who just didn't care about his physical state and wanted to go yeah, home. He re- and he like came out last. You could tell he didn't want to but he's the good captain, captain so uh but your so your thoughts just not a great line or no, not a great I night mean, for the line I, I, guess. I sort of i mean i get i'm not gonna i mean i don't think sheldon keith should have went after these guys for not having a good game that i mean it takes a little time to get everything sort of sorted out between three players chemistry isn't immediate uh and i get that Nylander probably wasn't feeling good and has had a couple rough days and he's a routine oriented guy that apparently gets pretty thrown off mm-hmm. when he's not uh, you know, on the ice regularly. But I don't know if it excuses Mitch Marner's game because Mitch yep. Marner, uh, as far as I know, is not one of the guys who is being affected by this uh, flu bug that might be going on, and I didn't think he was very good at all. Austin Matthews, I thought, some had some moments, uh, but he looked like he was sort of on an island himself on that line. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Mitch Marner. I don't think he's been the Mitch Marner of old uh for the last couple games i mean he's shown flashes where he's you know got the points that he usually gets Mm -hmm. and 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 had big moments but uh he looks like he's laboring a little bit out there so maybe it is the fact that he's also being afflicted by this illness but he's just been able to play through it that's probably giving him the benefit of the doubt because i just don't think he was that good tonight marner like if you look at his production years past i mean mainly his especially on his his rookie year he uh usually around this kind of time of the year the physical toll of the game kind of catches up to him. And he's one of those guys who takes a lot of punishment, who, you know, he tries to bounce off players, but you can see that he gets a little tired. But you're, you're right. I mean, this was, it was a weird, it was a weird decision to put them together, I think. And mainly because Tavares and Nylander had been working so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nylander's on pace for, maybe not now after he didn't score, but like Nylander's on pace for almost 40 goals. And and Tavares is, you know, going crazy. Um, I was wondering why, like, why make the switch now? Why do this against, you know, the Arizona Arizona Coyotes and a weird, like, this just seemed like a weird decision as well. I think that Tavares uh, plays best when he's got a stud wing. Like, he's, and I know that's a very general thing to say. Almost everyone would probably play good when they had a, a stud wing, but that just, that connection, he's never had, he's never played without one in Toronto. He's, he's played with Marner and now Nylander, and both of them have flourished and, 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 you know, produced incredible results. I just wondered why, why make this decision now? And apparently, according to the, the post game quotes and you're inferring of, um, of them they're probably gonna stick together yeah I mean you mentioned why they did it it was and the fact that Tavares is usually good I mean better with you know a star winger which is again pretty obvious but uh the reason why they put Nylander with Matthews and Marner is because he he being Sheldon Keefe really liked what he saw from Tavares Hyman and Alexander Mm -hmm. Kerfoot when Nylander was out so he didn't want to break up that line uh, you weren't going to start Nylander on the third line, probably, although some more sheltered reps might have helped the Leafs tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that gave him the excuse to load up on his top line, go nuclear if we're going to go the Joe Quenville route in Chicago. Uh, but I think we're going to see it again because the best line on the ice was that Tavares line with Hyman and Kerfoot, obviously got both regulation goals, uh, and we're all very involved. And so I think we're probably going to see the same lineup uh, when the Leafs host Dallas on Thursday. It'll be interesting to see because, I mean, this has been a line that 
fans have waited four years to see together. And with, you know what's funny with with Sheldon Keefe? He's you know we, we're probably gonna keep him together. If Mike Babcock is the coach of this team, a this line would never be put together in the first place. No, it would be you know Matthews, Kyle Clifford, and uh, Frederick Gauthier. Uh, it would be you know the skyscraper line, whatever you want to call it. But also, um, two. If they have a bad shift, they're never getting played together again. And Keith is like, no. you know, context matters here. Nylander wasn't feeling too great before. Matthews apparently wasn't isn't 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 himself right now. You know, he's got the wrist thing that's been he's been dealing with forever. Marner, you know, we're gonna give him another shot. I love that patience from a coach. I yeah. love that that understanding and the even in the face of of a very hectic situation in the standings right now, he's like, you know what? I believe in this and. I'm going to give my young stars a chance to prove that they are young stars. Not one bad shift, 20 bad shifts probably. Oh, yes. And yes. they're still together next game, likely. I, Amazing. I expect at least. Um, I guess we got to talk about Tyson Berry a little bit after slamming him. He listens. He listens. Apparently he listens to the podcast. Hatefully, though. Listens to you, Mike. Well, he, he Apparently he listens spitefully because he did not shy away from the point shots and it went in no. and I... I, I, I fear that this is going to be a Mitch Marner OT one timer situation where he scores on it he scores an OT winner on a one time slap shot and will now try one at least every period until he retires. I feel like Tyson Berry is now, like you said in, in a previous segment, is gonna double down. I think there's a difference though. Like the the goal he didn't score the goal time and got a tip. I don't know if he he needed the tip, but that was different than yes. the muffins that he's been taking from the top of the umbrella and that poor or ill advised shot in overtime. Uh, against Montreal this was like this was Barry activating like he should it was him keeping the puck in against the uh at the blue line dishing it and then moving into an area where he could be more of a threat he got the uh pass uh back from Alexander Kerfoot the goaltender wasn't set there was traffic in front that was the type of shot and the type of uh offense and attack mindedness from Tyson Barry that I think all of us expected that we haven't been seeing because more often than not he's been sort of uh, just resorting to trying to throw the puck at the net. Yeah, I think this is if you if if you're gonna take point shots, if like if that's your thing, if you've bought stock in that and you're not selling, then you do it the way that Tyson Berry did tonight. He still he still had some muffins. Like he still he's there were a lot of times where I'm like he's doing it again. Are you kidding me? But that like the the it wasn't his goal, like you said, but eventually it resulted in the goal, the game's mm-hmm. first goal. He again he he. The biggest thing that we chatted him for last episode was that he just doesn't look around. He doesn't diagnose the play. It's his sort of reflex to just shoot it on net and with no sort of spatial awareness of, you know, where opponents are, where his teammates are, where open lanes are. He, Like you said, he activated himself. He opened up his body. He, you, His head was up the whole time. He realized that there was an open lane with Hyman right in front of the goaltender, and he thought, I'm just going to wire it. And if you notice, it wasn't trying to go top corner, the shot. It was kind of like midway, you know, mid-range level, perfect for a tip, and it worked. Sandine-like. Yeah, ex- yeah. It would be it would be great if the Leafs had a player like Sandine who they who could shoot like that, I mean, or maybe you know the power play. Yeah, let's let's add a uh, to avoid being a little bit repetitive because yes. we did rip on the power play last time. We sure time. did. Uh, nothing changed. Tyson Berry may have listened to us, but the entire Leafs power play as a collective did not. Uh, they were maybe even worse tonight. Yeah, they on was, the power this play. Was bad. Uh, there was no, you know, a but they scored argument here. I don't think their goals came on the power play. No, none of them did. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of work to there to do there. The entries, the setup, the creativity. There's a lot 
I think that they could be doing. I think teams, I think the one thing that's going on is teams are wise to the fact that Austin Matthews is the only real threat from the perimeter in terms of mm-hmm. shooting. Uh, and they're overcompensating for that. And the Leafs have got to find a way uh, to either get him open or get the puck to other areas where they can be dangerous. What would you do? Like, well, let's say your playbook's open for you. How would you, how would you kind of diagnose this? Or what, what little tweaks would I you do? I just think they need movement. Like I, I mentioned it last time with Marner moving. He's just stationary. I think they need to, they just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a coach by any means, so You're not? I'm not going to drop a, a play that they need to do, but like it, maybe it doesn't go through Mitch Marner. Maybe it goes through the guy that's down low. I mean, I know William Nylander was only just getting his toes wet again, but maybe he's running the power play a little bit more from down low. Uh, and then he can open up, you know, that pass to Austin Matthews on the opposite side or hit Tavares in front because right now it's Marner holding the puck. And resorting to having to go over to Tyson Berry and trying to get it through to either Tavares and Matthews and it just not working. Yeah. And uh, just to give a little playoff picture update before we move into some more nuts and bolts here. Uh, Leafs are still in third in the division despite Florida one tonight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, Jack Campbell's influence on the on the playoffs or at least on the on the Leafs playoff chase is apparent because Florida won tonight. Divisional game. They still Florida still has a game in hand on the Leafs. But Jack Campbell, again, stole those two points. And those are incredible uh or incredibly value and uh, valuable and also um the Leafs still have fewer points than both wildcard teams so it's essentially uh essentially third like the three seed because they're 11 points behind tampa now so essentially a three seater bust florida, so. florida is definitely the most important team to watch yes. I, I i don't know Columbus is out now i don't know if well i mean I well think they're gonna have some trouble I seth think. jones they is might down. run in some trouble i think one team is gonna fall out but but they need to beat two teams if they don't beat florida correct Yes, and also Carolina lost tonight. So so I guess that is a little bit of a benefit. I, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Columbus, but I would be setting our sights on Florida while I'd be worrying yes. about myself first if I were a Leaf. Uh, but Florida's, Florida is yeah. the one team that you're definitely in a race with. Go back to the power play real quick. For sure. William Nylander got sort of benched from the power play a little bit after throwing a, a weak shot on net and uh, forcing a faceoff, and that brought out Zach Hyman, who was probably rewarded uh, for for a th- oh, yeah. little power play ice because uh, he was tremendous tonight and he's frankly been tremendous all season. I wrote in my notes prepping this episode I, before I, I, I switched it all into this run-up, I wrote, we're dedicating an entire segment to Zach Hyman because he this guy, like t- just to paint the picture of how impressive his season is right now, he's he has he tore his ACL, which is generally deemed to be the most devastating or cat, at least catastrophic injury an athlete can have especially an athlete in such a high-performance cardio sport like the Leafs, um, like, the Leafs like hockey. Mm-hmm. He spent all summer rehabbing from that, which means he didn't spend all summer training. He spent all summer getting back to where he was before. And he misses the first 10 or 11 games of the season, then comes back and is playing and is scoring and playing and just generally being a, a better hockey player than he has been at any point in his career. He's on a 34-goal pace right now when adjusted to 80 over 82 games. He is just as relentless on the puck. He hasn't lost a step in his speed, which was a very big worry with him getting with an ACL injury on a guy who's already not super fast. He There's no sort of um, timidness from his game. You, you would, again, worry with a, an injury that catastrophic. There'd be some mind games involved where you'd be, I'm a little worried to get in the corner, a little worried to put myself at risk again um, because, you know, it's obviously a, my knee is, is, is at risk for trauma. He's he's a, a, a demonstrably better player than he was even last year by pre-ACL. And when you look at it even on a, on a bigger sort of macro level, his contract now 
I think we've talked about this before, but his contract is arguably the best contract non-league men on the Leafs. He's making $2.25 million a year, and he seems like the kind of guy who would take less to stay. 16 goals and 30 points in 38 games. It's amazing. You're Two right. You're, he played on that torn ACL too. I think that I, like that sort like of like multiple games. It was, that's the it's, dumbest it's, decision it's, ever. It's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. What's even more wild though is with the 35 goal pace, I believe he's on. I think he creeps in after the two goal performance into the top 25 in terms of goals per game. That's insane. And this is like, yeah, you you find some random names in there that have played three or four games and and were able to score in those in that small small sample but this is enough of a sample now where he's he's being a routine contributor to contributor to this team uh and just you know having a career year he's only 11 points off his career high he's definitely going to get there if he stays healthy and he's just i said it before he's the common denominator wherever he is that line is thriving yep i thought when they put Tavares with when they kept Tavares with hyman and kerfoot when they put nylander up there their job now is to break even. Mm-hmm. That's underselling them because, yeah, you expect those three to to you know to play their way to a pretty significant margin in the favor of the Leafs. And Tavares is kind of dealing with you know guys that are just you know ancillary pieces yeah. where they're just guys that can you know do a good job and 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 split and maybe maybe shut down the opposition's best line. But they're better than that. They're, if they stay together, as long as Hyman's on the wing. I think they're going to be they're going to be always giving the Leafs sort of a positive or running a net positive because they just have that kind of effect on the game always. We're talking about Zach Hyman in the top 25 of NHLers goals per game. Like that's insane. There was a while where he was the whipping boy because like he kept being played next to Matthews and everyone said he couldn't finish and he was holding that line back. And now he's like look where he is. He's the inverse of what Nikita Zaitsev was on the Leafs. Whereas you would see every time someone, a defender got put next to Nikita Zaitsev, there'd be a, a think piece in, you know, five games later. Why is X player struggling? Well, I wonder what the common denominator is. It was Jay Gardner. Then it was, well, it was Morgan Riley first, then Jay Gardner, and then Travis Dermott. Every line, like you're, you're hundred percent right. Every line that Zach Hyman gets put on, that line instantly becomes one of, if not the best line of the Leafs. And it is proving this, him, him playing the best hockey of his career right now, I mean, he scored both goals uh, prior to the o- for OT, both goals of regulation, I guess. Um, and he was, and he's just always in the right place. Like that's what I love about Zach Hyman. We've never seen a bad game from him. Like, what does a bad Zach Hyman game look like? I don't know. And he was the way he's he situated himself in front of the net on the tip was perfect. And then he's all alone back door for that incredible Tavares backhander um, backhander pass, which by the way, Tavares is apparently on death's door with the flu tonight, and he still made like a sick backhander or backhand feed in front of the net. So. I mean, what are you doing with your life? Um, this is just an incredible hockey player. I'm so I'm so jazzed about Zach Hyman right now. Like he's he's just uh like the we talk a lot about you know Jack Campbell being the most likable Leaf. We talk a lot about Kyle Clifford, the legend. Zach Hyman does not get his due. There should be there should be Zach Hyman if he if Zach Hyman had a beard, he would be so much more popular than he is. Like just just a beard. Not don't change anything about him. His demeanor, anything. The guy, if he had a beard, the guy's a children's author. The guy, he's just a remarkable player. I'm, I'm jazzed up about Zach Hyman right now. Okay, let's get to our last uh, individual player let's analysis, I guess, on this game specifically. Timothy Liljegren. Uh, I, I will say a positive is that he wasn't that noticeable again. I mean, like, we're, you're sort of waiting for that, ooh, moment with him. Uh, just because, you know, this is a young guy. He's still a teenager, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, taking top, or not top pairing, but... Uh, legitimate NHL minutes with another real young guy. 
uh, but he's quietly being very effective and giving no reason to ever go back to Cody Cece, right? Well, I think we've seen Cody Cece's last game in a Leafs uniform, and that's that, I guess that's another topic. But no, Timothy Lilligren. Look, I noticed him tonight. I thought he played great. I, there were a lot of times where I saw him jump into the rush. The thing, watching him on the Marlies, the biggest thing that I saw him do was force shots from the point. A lot, like, not not egregiously like Tyson Berry, but he just, he didn't have a great shot. I don't know why they put him in the hardest shot competition at the AHL All-Star Game, because it just was embarrassing. The guy set a record, and then it's Timothy Lilligram with 92 miles an hour, and it's great. It's pretty good. Or, yeah, 92? miles per hour. I think it's miles per hour. Yeah, but the, the winning guy was 109. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Um, but he, there, there are a lot of times where he has the puck in transition and he just looks confident. Um, he didn't get burned. Like you said, there was never that moment where you're like, Ooh, Oh no. Or, Oh, Oh geez. That's his, you know, it's Martin Rinchin time now. Like it's, there was never that, um, him and Sandin just look really like they, they have, I think t- like, um, telepathy with each other, mm. like they can read each other's minds. They know where they are. Uh, where each other are on the ice at all times. It seems they just are very uh, comfortable. And the fact that Keith made the executive decision to play them together to start out is, I think, so smart because that was a pairing that was f- like uh, w- with Keith himself while they were on the Marlies last season, um, put together purposefully. They're like these are going to be two, in- you know, intrinsic pieces into our lineup um, moving forward at the NHL level. Let's have them play together. Let's have them develop in great chemistry together and hopefully graduate them together. And to start them out, it just, even though it's a risky move putting a 19-year-old in a, like, combined, their ages are less than Patrick Marlowe, to put in perspective there. Like, their their ages combined are 39, and Marlowe is, like, a couple years older than that. So it's, it's a young pairing, but there's, but I, th- I don't think that you can really quantify the comfort that they both bring to each other and the familiarity, and it, it, it's proving well. Like, this opens up their blue line now. This, this went from a, a definitive minus on the third pairing, especially on the right side with Cody Cece. And now you're getting like above replacement level value. And that is that, that completely reshapes their defensive attack that can, at least offensively and in transition as well. Like he can just move the puck so well. He's, he's one of the best stretch bastards in the organization. I think he looked great tonight. And I'm uh, like, I'm a little worried now that they're going to bump him from the lineup. If they get someone who's not as good as him at the deadline. Like, I think that they, this is, this is giving, making them kind of think twice about really going out. And and, unless it's like a very demonstrable, you know, top, top four kind of upgrade. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they're going to get someone else. You mentioned that you like that. They brought these two guys up Mm -hmm. sort of together. And now they're playing together in the NHL. I think we appreciate the creativity and the willingness to sort of pull the blender out and move these, uh, forwards around and sort of trying different combinations I, I'm not bringing this up because I think Lilligren and Sandine should be moved but I think there's maybe some stagnancy with the other two pairings yeah is there is there a move where one of these guys should go up move over is there anything you'd like to see with these pairings I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here you know I I, I think it depends I was about to say if it ain't broke don't fix it but is it broke that's the kind of thing we're trying to, to figure out here I don't think you mess. I think you you do your tinkering with the top two pairings. I think you leave the Sand and Lilligren together because although, uh, you know, now I'm second guessing myself. It's just I think both of them can, especially Sand and can elevate whatever pairing they're on. But together they just seem to work really well. And would taking Sand away from Lilligren then kind of sort of delineate Liller, like Lilligren? I don't know. It's uh, it, it it is a difficult sort of like proposition when kind of moving forward, but I think right now they just kind of keep them together. If anything, I would I would kind of take I would I would rejig. Actually, you know what? This is my answer. I know I've gone 
back and forth on a lot. But Justin Hall has been playing a little not too great lately. Mm-hmm. He, he had another bad game. He was he was a lot of people are going to try Muzzin for the the first goal. It was Hall's fault for not getting it out. Um, and Travis Dermott hasn't been playing very well. Um, and so him and Barry just don't seem to be like fit well together on a pairing. Mm-hmm. They both both of the times when they have the puck, you're like, I don't know what they're going to do, and I'm scared. Um, maybe switch them up. Maybe put the two guys who are struggling together, and maybe you get a spark. They played. That was, that was actually my suggestion. If yeah. I was going to do anything, I'd be leaving that third pairing together, and I would probably try Tyson Berry and Jake Muzzin again. I, yeah. I, this, I'm not sure off the top of my head if that has been experimented with since Keith came back. I don't think it so. It was exact. It was what Babcock rolled with, you know, forever ri- until rigidly he, until the sun burned uh, out. Until the sun burned out. Uh, but I think Dermot and Hall have a connection from a from a uh, at a personal level I think they also have a connection on the ice mm-hmm. uh, I think they could maybe get the best out of each other or help get the best out of each other and maybe turn things around for each other because both of them are maybe you know going through a little bit of a lull in their seasons right now maybe Hall more than Dermot because mm-hmm. Hall's had so many highs uh, but I think uh, I think Jake Muzzin and, and Tyson Berry might be worth another try I mean just change it up it's, it's I think the top two pairings like the top four just isn't working right now at least as much as you're not sort of like maximizing it, try something new. Okay, it's time to get way ahead of ourselves uh, and discuss the future of Frederick Anderson. Uh, Jonas Siegel of The Athletic mentioned it a little bit in his uh, Monday morning column, uh, just sort of pondering what it might mean in in two summers, I guess, when Frederick Anderson's deal is is set to expire. And the new wrinkle or the new sort of consideration, I guess, would be that Jack Campbell is scheduled to be here longer right now Mm -hmm. than uh frederick anderson because he has another two years left and he's looking very much like a guy who is at least going to steal some starts from the starter because he looks like a guy he's you're doing a disservice to yourself i think if you're not playing him at least 20 times a year yeah Uh, and right now freddie anderson's sort of on that on that schedule where it's 65 you know i think i I, maybe he's a little bit less than that in the years where things were really going well for the leafs uh but he's been one of those workhorses that hasn't had the advantage of having a quality backup to spell him uh so uh, there's always there's always the question of uh how much money can you give and how much term can you give to a goaltender that's already on the other side of 30 Frederick Anderson is on the other side of 30. Mm-hmm. He will be 32, I think, before that next deal would uh, kick in. That's not a so good you age. have to really, you have to really consider uh, everything that would go into an extension that involves Freddie. Uh, this won't be a will you or won't you conversation, but like the comfort level and the other considerations and what it might mean. I mean, are these next, you know, 16 months? really truly critical for Anderson in the future his future I guess with the Leafs I think absolutely I mean I think yeah absolutely this is a very interesting period in Frederick Anderson's tenure with as with the Leafs because he's never been pushed before he's never had someone behind him who is an actual threat to steal games and I think a rising tide kind of lifts all boats here um Jack Campbell can come in and he's proven that he can play at least you know very small sample size but he can play this at a quasi starters caliber right now I mean that's what he's doing he's got a 918 in the um, in the three starts, I think you're, this is fourth, right? So third start, this is third start. So he's at, he's at, as a nine eighteen in those, in those starts, if you, if you discount the, you know, the shaky first game, because it was his first game, then it, it's obviously higher. I haven't done that math, but 
Also, I mean, this is Frederick Anderson. Like I said, he's, he's never had someone who's challenged him before. The crease has always been his, and he's known that it's always going to be his for a long time. And I think right now, I mean, although you know, apparently, you know, he's Jack Campbell says he's the nicest guy ever, just like everyone else. He says he's the nicest guy ever, and they went to dinner, which is like his fourth team dinner at this point. Um, so great. He's not going to pay for a meal for the rest of the year, oh, especially if he keeps winning. Incredible uh, economic skills. He's going to have the that Kawhi. <laughs> we got to figure out a, a Kawine and dine kind of Kawine and dine. That's yeah. right. That's the only thing he remembers or is thankful for in <clears throat> Toronto, but I digress. Go ahead. Uh, he, he liked us. Said best parade ever. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He, he liked us. Right. Um, not but, bitter at all. No, not bitter at all. Everyone gets to go home. Um, but anyway, he, he, uh, Jack Campbell is like, he's, he's an actual threat to Frederick Anderson's job now. And it's a really, it's kind of a best case scenario for the Leafs because a, those 32, those 32 year old goalies who get those long contracts and like Anderson was going to get, they don't work out well. Look at what Bobrovsky, although he's been better lately, look at what Bobrovsky's done in, in not, Florida. Not a single one. Which one has worked out well? None. You've never, never have you seen a goalie on it, even, even approaching 30, like not even on the other side, like 28. And, Never and Kyle seen Dubas knows this. Yeah. There's no way he than doesn't us. know this. He's smarter than us. He's thinking of every scenario, right? So, I mean. Jack Hamill makes $1.65 million after this season. That is not a lot of money. No, it's not. But it's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't know if they can, I don't think they'll go the eight-year route. But what, can they convince him to go 3-4? Is there, like, but the other thing that, that you have to consider is there isn't money for him to, even command that money with no with not the, at all there's no money left in the system you got 40 million with the top four forwards the cap isn't going up at the same rate as people are earning uh what should be promotions and raises mm-hmm. with this team like just a guy like zach hyman like what are you going to pay him next like all the, all these guys are going to deserve more and more money as we continue to go here and the cap is not moving as fast as that so the the option might not even be there to spend a lot of money on frederick anderson uh but just with what we know about aging goaltenders, what Kyle Dubas definitely knows about aging goaltenders, uh, it's going to be fascinating over the next 16 months to see what happens. I, I mean, I we shouldn't worry about or anticipate that a deal is coming soon or a conclusion is coming soon, uh, but it's definitely going to be one of the major storylines next season. And obviously, a good performance down the stretch into the playoffs could change the way we feel about all this. Uh, or a bad performance could change the way we feel about all this. Um, but it's it's definitely something that's starting to hang over the Maple Leafs. Next season, get ready. This is going to be the dominant storyline. This is going to be like next season, the Frederick Anderson watch, the the lingering free agency, the debates about whether to resign him or not. That is going to it, it encompass and suffocate, not suffocate, but that is going to be the dominant storyline. It's right, going to be crazy. And right behind that is Morgan Riley, and that affects Anderson as well. Yeah. So uh again this is my, why they're a win now team out real quick and this is exactly why they're a win now team and we should probably uh be mindful of that when they do what they're going to do before the deadline yeah. because uh the window doesn't stay open long it should be open now and it might not be because they're they haven't uh met expectations this year uh but they've continued to get points under jack campbell very very important performances mm-hmm. from him over the last week and he may or may not have another chance to get after it uh, against the Dallas Stars on Thursday night. We'll be back to discuss it. Um, Every anything, game, baby. Anything else to close? Uh, no. Other than your signature sign-off? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, other than that, I mean, just I'm jazzed up about Zach Hyman. I'm going to say it again. He's a great player. He's per- he's performing a lot. And also, I guess, one last thing, Trevor Moore scored his first goal with the uh, with the LA Kings in Madison Square Garden, which is the building he got traded in. 
life comes full circle. So good for you, Trev. A little closure for you. Exactly. Okay, we'll be back Thursday. Again, it's Dallas and Toronto, uh, and we'll uh, wrap everything that happens with another big game. Absolutely. Bye. There it is. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.